Well, good morning. Glad you're with us today. Thank you for joining me. Uh, we will be getting back to the building later this month. Just want you to be aware of that, but keep checking our website and we'll be in touch with you and we'll know more later on. Probably going to delay another week or two because of the increase in cases here in Yuma County. But I'm glad you're with us. Well, there have been a lot of things going on this week, and we'll talk about those perhaps a little bit. Um, but I want to share with you a few things from the Word of God. It's one of those things that pops into my mind from time to time, and this one was done, is no different than anything else. <clears throat> but a song was just kept popping into my mind, and I don't know that this is the correct song because it was just a few words of the lyrics, and I think it was the song perhaps, but it, one song gave way to another song and another, and that's the way it just goes. My mind takes an idea and it runs with it, and I hope you'll find it beneficial. The song, I believe, was by Michael W. Smith, Open My Eyes, Lord, or Open the Eyes of My Heart. I'd like to read the lyrics of that song, Open the Eyes of My Heart, Lord, Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. To see you high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and love as we sing, holy, holy, holy. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. I'm not certain that that was a song, but those thoughts were what was going through my mind as we've been thinking about opening back up on June 7th, and the state of Arizona has pretty much opened back up following our travel restrictions and our gathering restrictions because of the virus. But more important than opening up our communities and our economy, it's open the eyes of my heart. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord, so that we see you. And there's some things that happen when we pray that prayer, because that's how I see that song. It is a prayer, but it brought to mind another song, a song by Gary Chapman, performed by Amy Grant several years ago, Father's Eyes. And in that song, Chapman writes, and Amy Grant performs, I may not be every mother's dream for her little girl, and my face may not grace the mind of everyone in the world. But that's all right, as long as I can have one wish, I pray. When people look inside my life, I want to hear them say, She's got her father's eyes, her father's eyes. Eyes that find the good in things when good is not around. Eyes that find the source of help when help just can't be found. Eyes full of compassion, seeing every pain, knowing what you're going through, and feeling it the same. Just like my father's eyes. My father's eyes. Just like my father's eyes. And on that day when we will pay for all the deeds we have done, good and bad they'll all be had to be seen by everyone. And when you're called to stand and tell just what you saw in me, more than anything I know, I want your words to be. She's got her father's eyes. Her father's eyes. And the chorus continues on. 
you know, I am mindful of that song and other songs like it. Uh, the song in our, in our songbook deals with it very similarly. Uh, it's an older song. It was written in the late 1800s. I want to say 1895. Um, Open my eyes that I may see. It's a classic hymn. It's, and it deals with all of our senses and our mouths as well. Open my eyes that I may see glimpses of truth thou hast for me. Place in my hands the wonderful key that shall unclasp and set me free. Silently now I wait for thee, ready my God thy will to see. Open my eyes, illumine me, Savior divine. There are many songs out there that deal with that. And we know that we need to see because we're caught up in blindness. Now, there are some things that have happened that were moving me beyond that. And they started on May 25th on Memorial Day. And the repercussions we're still dealing with. <clears throat> and that is the death of George Floyd. Mr. Floyd was a man in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And you've heard the news and you've seen part of the video clip of his arrest, which resulted in his death. Now, I know it has stoked racial tensions because Mr. Floyd was a black man and the officer who had him pinned to the ground with his knee on his neck was a white male cop. Uh, I don't know that it was racially motivated, but I do know that there was a lack of respect. And I would suggest by both parties, I'm not placing blame on Mr. Floyd, grant you. Uh, I don't want you to think that at all. I know that as this case is investigated, more things will come out. I just want us to avoid the next one. And the one after that, I want us to avoid those things. And I think we can do it if we have our father's eyes. And let me explain. You see, as I was thinking about this sermon already, and this incident happened, one of my thought processes went to Isaiah. Now, Isaiah was a prophet of God, and he had to feel pretty good about himself in some ways. And I say that because as we walk through our Christian life, we generally think that we're okay. But I think that would change tremendously if we would see ourselves as Isaiah saw him in chapter 6, a passage that you're familiar with, so let me read it to you. Nonetheless, it says, in the year of King Uzziah's death, I saw the Lord sitting on the throne, lofty and exalted with the train of his robe filling the temple. Seraphim stood above him, each having six wings, with two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, with two he flew. One called out to the, another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the threshold trembled at the voice of him who called out while the temple was filling with smoke. I cannot imagine from this brief little picture that Isaiah has written for us really what it was like for Isaiah to see God. What really makes me see what Isaiah saw 
was how he saw himself in verse 5, because verse 5 says, Then I said, Woe is me, for I am ruined, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. You see, seeing God's glory, he was able to see himself as God sees him, fallen, separated from God. And Isaiah would say in chapter 59, verses 1 and 2, Behold, the eyes of the Lord are not dim that they cannot see you, or his ears dull that he cannot hear you. It is your sins and iniquities that have separated him from you. <clears throat> so Isaiah saw God, and he saw himself. Now, when we see ourselves in the eyes of God, fallen, separated from him, it'll change our perspective on a lot of things. It'll also help us to see our fellow man as separated from God and us being separated from our fellow man by sin. And we'll want to do something about it, you see, and that's where we come into the next part, because it says in verse 6, Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal in his hand, which he had taken from the altar with tongs. He touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips, and your iniquity is taken away, and your sin is forgiven. I meant that felt great. His sin was forgiven. It felt so great that Isaiah responded to this words, these words of God said, Then I heard a voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I. Send me. Why was Isaiah so willing to go for God? Because he saw God in his glory. He saw himself in his own sinfulness. And he saw his forgiveness at the hands of God. And so he was more than willing to do whatever God were to ask of him. You know, it's similar to me, if you will, to what Paul told us in his very first chapter, in his first letter to the book in Romans. He talked about that he was eager, that he was felt an obligation. In chapter 1 and verse 14 of Romans, he says, I am under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish. So for my part, I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, but the righteous man shall live by faith. Paul saw himself. He saw himself that he was the one that was going to preach the gospel to Jew and Gentile. The Jews refused to listen to him, so he would gladly go to the Gentiles. In fact, in his defense before King Agrippa in chapter 26, he was saying these things to him. When he talked about his seeing Jesus on the road to Damascus in chapter 26 and verse 15, he said, and I said, who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But get up, stand on your feet. For this purpose I have appeared to you, to appoint you a minister and a witness, not only to the things which you have seen, but also to the things which I will appear to you. 
rescuing you from the Jewish people and from the Gentiles to whom I am sending you, to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the dominion of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who have been sanctified by faith in me. Paul was true to his vision. That's what he was telling King Agrippa as he was defending himself. Paul saw himself when he saw Jesus. He saw the glory of God, and he saw his sinfulness. And when he was asked, what are you waiting for? Get up, get yourself baptized, and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. And he did that. So he saw himself. He saw God. And in seeing God and seeing himself, he also saw that all of humanity was the same. In fact, in Galatians chapter 3, in writing to those Christians there about the common salvation that they had, about the justification by faith that they had, he would say this. He would say, for you all in in Galatians chapter 3, 26, for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free man. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's descendants, heirs according to the promise. You see, we were there. And in Ephesians chapter 2, as we talked about, you were dead in your trespasses and sins. That's the way that we lived, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind. We're by nature children of wrath, even as the rest, walking in the futility of our minds, because that's what he told Christians not to live and walk as the Gentiles in chapter 4, verse 17. Saying, I affirm, I say and affirm together with the Lord that you no longer, just as the Gentiles also walk in the futility of their mind, being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them and because of the hardness of their heart. And they, having become callous and have been given themselves over to every sensuality for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. But you didn't learn Christ in this way. He said, Those things aren't the way of Christ. I don't have all of the answers to deal with all of the problems that separate us from a human level. It's too easy to say we need a dialogue, and that's true. We need to talk, and we need to start understanding. But I think the biggest thing that we need to do is we need to see God. And when we see God, it's, it's it. It's all over. We see ourselves and our sinfulness. And when we see our sinfulness, we want to do something about it. And God gave his son. You know, John 3.16 is probably the most quoted scripture that there is. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him should not perish, but should have, shall have everlasting life. God gave his son. For who? The world. Jew, Gentile. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight, is the song that we sang as we were children growing up in church. That's so very true. 
God loves everyone. Now, let's just look at it this way. What if those two men, what if those five men in Minneapolis would have seen God and seen themselves? Maybe Mr. Floyd would have had more respect for those officers, and he would have listened to them. And those four officers would have treated him in a humane way. Even if he resisted, they would have still treated him in a humane way because he is a child of God. They are a child of God. And while someone may violate the law and do something wrong, they're going to see them and treat them as one who has fallen and has gone astray. They're going to do their job They will make the arrest, but they will do so humanely. If both of the individuals would have seen themselves and seen one another, they would have had respect for one another. They would have treated each other kindly in that respect, responding as they should have, instead of in refusal and stubbornness, which begets stubbornness on the other side. And I know that sounds simplistic, and maybe it is. But sometimes the simple things, even though they're the hardest to accomplish, are nonetheless the simplest things. As as Amy Grant sang in her song, that I want my father's eyes, eyes full of compassion, seeing every pain, knowing what you're going through, and feeling it the same. Eyes that find the good in things when good is not around. Eyes that find the source of help when help cannot be found. Those are the things that we look at as we look through at other people with the eyes of God. When God opens our eyes. You see, I guess the blind are those who sometimes can see greater than what we can. Fanny Crosby is a famous songwriter. She was six months old when she lost her sight. She had undergone a surgery, and that surgery resulted in her blindness. And it stated on one occasion, she said that if she could meet the doctor that caused her to be blind, that she would thank him because it was her blindness that gave her the spiritual insights that she had developed. I find that amazing. I want to say thank you, because though you caused me to be blind, you gave me sight that I could not have, short of being blind. It's much like what Helen Keller would have said uh, years ago. Don't feel sorry for those who are blind, but for those who have their eyesight and still cannot see. Right now, our country is really divided over this. There have been riots in virtually every major city. There have been protests right here in Yuma, Arizona. They didn't get out of hand here in Yuma, and I'm thankful for that, as we all should be. But nonetheless, it's showing the division that exists in our world on racial grounds. A division that shouldn't happen, that God does not want to take place, but it all happens because 
we don't have our eyes opened. We don't have our Father's eyes. May we see God in his glory so that we'll see him, the ruler of heaven and earth, and then see ourselves. And we'll cry out, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. You see, when we see ourselves as one who is unclean, living among unclean people, we'll see our need for a savior. And once we're saved, well, then that opens up everything. Because now we're not looking at people from a human perspective, but from a godly perspective. We're seeing people as God sees them. And that will give us eyes full of compassion. That will give us eyes to see the good in things when good is not around. Eyes that seek to find the source of help when help cannot be found. Eyes that are full of compassion, seeing every pain, knowing what you're going through and feeling it the same. It grieves God to see the discord that's going on in the land because this is the world that he created. I pray that our eyes will be opened, that we'll see God in his glory, that we'll see ourselves as God looks upon us, and that as being saved in Christ, having our sins washed away by his blood, then we will see him. And we'll see him more clearly to follow him with every step that we take every day. See, Jesus saw people and he had compassion upon them. He saw them as sheep without a shepherd. Over Jerusalem in his lament, he said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often I have longed to gather you as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings but you were not willing. It will be like when he was asked, what is the greatest commandment of God? And he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And the second is likened to it, and you shall love the neighbor, your neighbor as yourself. That's the essence of what God's kingdom is going to be like. Loving God, loving our neighbor. And we will treat our neighbor with compassion as fellow human beings. The color of their skin will not matter. What will matter is that they are created in the image of God. So as we go through this day, we need to pray. We need to pray for ourselves that we will have our Father's eyes, that we will see things as he sees them, and that we will respond as he would respond. That we'll see our fellow man as our fellow man. We are all God's children. Some of us are God's children by faith in Christ. But we're all God's children by virtue of the creation. We are his children. By faith in Jesus, we become God's children who have been redeemed. 
We do this by believing that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, by confessing his name before men, by repenting of our sins, by being immersed with him in the waters of baptism, that we might be raised to walk in newness of life. And as Paul said in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 26 and 7, for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For, that's the Greek word gar, which is the reason, for as many of you who have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. We die to sin. We die to self. We're buried with Christ and we're raised to walk in newness of life. And that new life changes us. It gives us the ability to say, I want to understand what my fellow man is going through. I want to know what it's like to be them so that I can treat them in a humane way and treat them as a fellow sojourner on this earth. So as you go through this day, as you go through this week, pray that your eyes will be opened by God. As Michael Smith said, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. To see you high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory. Pour your power and love as we sing, holy, holy, holy. But it won't stop there. It will be just as with Isaiah. Here am I. Send me. So let us go, let us seek peace, let us seek the love of God in the life of everyone that we meet this week. So I want to thank you for being with me today. I really appreciate the fact that you're here. If you have any comments, please send me an email. You can always call the church office. Uh, if I'm not there to answer it, to take the call, the secretary will forward me the message. But I want to know. I want to know what's going on with you as we strive to live before God each and every day. I want you to be blessed this day and blessed tomorrow. Thank you again for joining me. Go with God. Go with Christ. Walk in faith. Walk in hope. In his name, amen.